Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for Jmart Cast for Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> November 1st, 2021. What's going on? How are you? Happy Halloween. What are you dressing up this year? What are your kids dressing up as? Um, mine's going to be a little lion. We made a trip to Value Village. I'm going to be honest, my wife made a trip to Value Village yesterday, one day before Halloween, and was able to pick up the, one of the few last available costumes from the store. Luckily, it's this awesome lion costume that somewhat fits my kid. <laughs> it's a little big on him, but that's good. He can wear it multiple years, and it's nice and warm, so he won't be affected by cold weather this year. So that's pretty pretty dope. I'll put up a picture of that on the thumbnail of this episode for you to see. Anyway, how was your week otherwise? What did you get up to? It was a pretty uh, uneventful one for me this time around. Uh, not much happened since after my brother-in-law's wedding. Uh, I did finish watching Squid Game. Everyone's talking about Squid Game and how awesome it is. You know... I like shows where the ending is good, and this this just was one of those where it was good right right up until the ending, and then the ending just completely ruined it for me, so I consider it a complete waste of time to watch this show. Sorry if you disagree. Like, I liked it from the first episode, you know, definitely caught my attention, and I wanted to uh, watch more episodes because the plot was good. That was true all the way till the last episode, and then just completely ruined it in the last episode. So, if not going to actually reveal what happens, but uh, yeah, in case you haven't seen it yet up until the last episode and you're really liking it, sorry to ruin that part of it, but yeah, the last episode sucks. It's just like if you're going to build up all this mystery and all this kind of intrigue about what the hell is going on and you're trying to figure it out like at least have some closure at the end and make the final episode answer some of the questions that were put forth leading up to the finales, but that didn't happen. It was still good. I guess I can say I enjoyed watching it for the first, whatever, I think there was nine episodes. I enjoyed watching it for the first eight episodes. And then after that, the ninth one ruined everything (laughs) leading up to that. So that's my take on Squid Game. The other thing about it was like, I don't know if like Korean people are a lot more expressive in their acting, but it definitely felt like there was way too much overacting in the show. Part of the problem might have been that I watched the English dub rather than watching the original Korean with the English subtitles. Uh, I don't even know why I did that, to be honest. A lot of times we do watch it. um, I watched it with my wife. We do watch it with like the English subtitles but this time around the default did not have the English subtitles and I didn't even think to change it and then once we were kind of committed with that we just stuck with it didn't change it but it was a friend of mine made a funny joke how like the you know the English dub was not that great you know some of the uh parts where like the main character is getting mad at somebody and he's like you can go to hell but he adds an okay at the end like getting getting angry and being like you can go to hell okay like needs that confirmation at the end (laughs) you can go to hell okay you can just shut your face okay just don't talk to me okay (laughs) uh 
Anyways, it's the end of the month, end of October, the end of sober October. I uh, did stay away from the alcohol for most of the month, only drank for my brother-in-law's bachelor party and for his wedding. So that's that was pretty easy. Didn't have, didn't even think about it. It was actually nice to not drink for the month and to be able to have an easy excuse to tell people I'm not drinking at Sober October. It's become kind of a pretty common thing to say during the month of October. Oh, it's Sober October and people will just leave you alone. So it's kind of a sweet excuse and I plan on pretty much doing it every every year from now on. And then coming into November, November is usually my month of experimenting with diet started a few years back, I think four years ago now, maybe even longer, maybe five years. That was uh, when I did my first try at doing keto. And I did keto for the month of November. And it's like good. It's a good month to do it because here in Canada, there's not much going on in November. Like I know in the States, they've got their Thanksgiving, but we've got our Thanksgiving, the Canadian one in October. So that's already done. And not much is going to happen till Christmas in terms of like partying and things like that. So it's easy to play around with diet and try something new without having to worry about it conflicting with some sort of event that you're doing and like seeing family or friends or something like that. So this year, or let, let's start with last year. Last year, I wanted to do the carnivore diet, which is like a super restrictive diet where you're basically eating just meat and animal organs and some animal products. And like, I honestly, I did not even last a day. Like after day one, I did last like half a day or one full day. And then after that, the next morning, I was like, I give up. I don't want to. It's just too restrictive. Like I can't look at all this food around me and be like, oh no, I can't have that. I can't have that. I can't have that. I can only eat meat. So last year was a bit of an epic fail with regards to my November tradition of doing some sort of diet experiment. So I'm going to come back strong this year around and uh, try something new. I still want to go down this uh, path of, you know, a bit of a carnivore style, but I can't do full carnivore. So what I'm going to try is this thing called animal-based. You know how people say they're plant-based, right? Like vegetarians are plant-based or vegans are plant-based. I'm going to go animal-based, but... <laughs> not full carnivore. So what is animal-based? So I came across it from uh, this uh, doctor, Paul Saladino, and here's his kind of description, the 101, the animal-based 101 description of what, what it means. And so he said this is a, he says this is a, a species-appropriate human diet where you eat lots of well-raised animal food from nose to tail, collagen sources, calcium, from dairy if you tolerate it, or bones if not, and you include the least toxic plant foods for color, variety, texture. Some of the don'ts for the animal-based diet is you do not eat seed oils, no processed sugars, no flour, and you exclude the most toxic parts of plants such as stems, leaves, seeds, nuts, grains, legumes. Also, no alcohol, so I'm going to continue the sober October into November. But besides the alcohol, yeah, I, I kind of follow this diet almost already. Basically, the things that I'm not doing is that I am eating nuts and I am eating grains because I like to make a sourdough bread. So I'm fermenting the grain and making my own bread. And I do eat a lot of uh, plant food, 
which, uh, you know, according to the animal-based diet protocol, you want to exclude the what's called toxic plant foods, and I'm putting quotations around toxic. Of course, I don't think plant foods are toxic, although there are many people who have poor reactions to certain foods, bad allergic reactions, and so those plant foods are toxic to them. And it could be a genetic thing, but it's probably something that goes on a scale from like some people being completely immune to it and some people being completely not immune and having allergic reactions and some people kind of sitting somewhere in the middle along that continuum. Personally, I've never really had any issues with eating plant food and having any bad allergic reaction, at least none that I can remember, but it's still something worth checking out, experimenting with, seeing if I, if I eliminate some of these things out of my diet. Is there a difference that I can noticeably feel or, or is it just the same or potentially worse? So worth checking out. But like I said, the main differences between what I've kind of like the diet that I currently follow and this animal-based one is that I'll have to eliminate some of these uh, plant foods and then I'll have to eliminate the grain, which I use for my sourdough. And then in terms of uh, processed sugars, I do eat some of those. And the thing that I'm going to have to give up the most is uh, my chocolate. I do eat at least like a square, probably more. Like if I'm being honest, probably at least four (laughs) squares of dark chocolate per day. And so I'm going to have to give that up for the month and see how that goes for for the 30 days. I will also be trying to be doing this while in a household with a two-year-old kid and a pregnant wife who will not be following the same thing. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge. And my wife is due for delivery in the beginning of December, which potentially could end up being in November, depending on what happens, right? So if that happens, then this plan is definitely thrown out the window, most likely. But we'll see what we can make happen I'll definitely keep a good record of what I'm eating and if there's any change in my body composition from following this for a month. And I'll probably end up writing up some sort of uh, blog post about it all. So keep an eye out for that. Speaking of my pregnant wife, she, <laughs> her and I together, we did this funny thing on Monday earlier this week when um, she basically borrowed my uh, upside down boots, my gravity boots to hang upside down herself. So let me take a step back. I have these gravity boots that you can put your feet into. They're kind of like ski boots with hooks on them, and you can use the hooks to hang upside down from a chin-up bar. And I use this from time to time just to decompress my spine. Sometimes I use it to do sit-ups while upside down, so it looks really cool, and I can train my abs a little better that way. But um, the reason why my wife wanted to use these boots and hang upside down is because... She wanted to promote the baby inside her to start turning. So basically, the baby still hasn't turned to orient her head down. And uh, by this point, most babies have already done that. And uh, only 1% of babies don't end up uh, turning all the way. So we might have a 1%er on our hands here, a stubborn 1%er. But up until then, we're going to do our best, I guess, to promote this turn. And so my wife has read into these things called aversions where a doctor will manually try to rotate the baby and what they do is try to pull the baby up towards the ribs as much as possible and then after that try to manipulate to rotate 
And so in her mind, if she were to hang upside down, that pull of the baby up towards the ribs would just happen naturally thanks to gravity. And potentially that would maybe make some space for the baby to do some turning on on her own. <laughs> so I I helped her hang upside down by helping her get the boots on and helping her like lift her legs up towards the bar too. <laughs> to actually be able to hang down <laughs> it, it was pretty hilarious and she didn't hang for very long it was only like a minute at most and uh i took a picture of that i'll definitely ha include that in the thumbnail for the episode as well <laughs> uh, what else happened this week i did jujitsu twice this week back to jujitsu oh man wednesday class was hard first of all we did some ankle picks from like a lying position like if you're on the ground and somebody approaches you standing kind of over you there's some really neat moves that we learned on kind of how to attack the foot of the opponent and uh, trip them down basically and this technique seemed very applicable to me for like a day-to-day -day life like for self-defense so when I got home I was trying to teach my wife I was like you probably should know this maybe a little bit of self-defense is good you know just to know like how to um, you know trip somebody and run away this this could be knowledge that determines between life or death but yeah besides the uh what we learned at the end of the class on wednesday i did a role with the instructor and he did not take it easy on me whatsoever it was a five minute role and right from the go he started pressuring me and not giving me any space and like basically took me down into the mat and slowly crushed me and put me in a more and more uncomfortable position step by step just like like a bow constrictor where it tightens a little bit more every time you exhale and you have less room that's kind of what I felt as I was grappling with with the instructor and I got to the point where I looked at the clock at the three minute mark there's still two minutes left and I wanted to give up at that point already and that never happens I'm, I never need to give up that early but I just had gotten to this place already where I was exhausted. I, in my mind, there was a split second where I was like, I just want to die. Like, that's how far uncomfortable I felt from that role with the instructor. I've just always had this like super uncomfortable feeling when someone's smothering me. Like, I equate it to claustrophobia. But I never get that feeling when I'm in tight spaces, small spaces. It's only when I'm smothered by another person who is stopping me from making any movement or from getting away. And I just get this uncontrollable, spastic kind of feeling and I just need to get out. And I was, that's what I was feeling. And the discomfort was real. And I just, like I said, I got this split second thought in my head, like, I just want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. And it's just funny, I've, I've, I was thinking about it and I've always had this same feeling like ever since I was a kid, like wrestling around with friends and, and my brothers and sisters or my cousins. I mean, uh, I had the same feeling where as soon as somebody like caught me, like let's say put me under blankets and put some weight on me, I would just like spaz out and like, you know, stop having fun. And uh, thinking about it a little bit deeper, I was like, yeah, like... I've had, have hated this feeling and then I went in to do wrestling and in wrestling, like you're basically doing everything in your power to avoid that position, right? You don't want to get pinned in wrestling and that's exactly like what triggers that awful discomfortable feeling in me. 
So wrestling was a good match because I had to avoid that. And then I had to learn how to dominate from the top. And I really liked that. But then now I have to go back to jujitsu where you have to learn to be comfortable from your back. And that's just very counterintuitive to me. And I don't like it, but I have to learn to feel comfortable with it because there's no, just, there's just no other way. If I have a goal of learning jujitsu and getting good at it to the point where at some point many years from now I will earn a black belt, then I have to become comfortable with the feeling of someone smothering me from the top and trying to kill me. So yeah, <laughs> my second jujitsu class of the week was kind of funny too because what happened was after the first class, I didn't wash my uh, gi, which is the uniform. That's what you call the uniform in jujitsu. It's called a gi. I didn't wash it and have it dried in time for the second class, which was two days later. But luckily, I had a second pair from an old gym that I went to that it's always clean and it's ready to go. So I took my second pair to go to the class. And then like two minutes into it, the instructor noticed that I was wearing a gi from a different gym and he uh, he didn't get upset but he immediately stopped me and made me go and take off my gi and put on another gi that he provided that was that had the I guess the patches or whatever belonging to this gym the one that I'm going to currently and so that was kind of a little bit embarrassing for me because in a way I guess it could be perceived as disrespectful even though I did not mean any disrespect by wearing a gi with the patches of another gym but the instructor was very gracious and just told me not to worry about it. He even apologized. He's like, I'm very strict about this. I apologize. This is just the rule that we have. And here you go. You can have this gi. And he actually made me give him my <laughs> old one from the other gym so that I would never wear it again in return for this new pair that is specific to this gym. So that was kind of hilarious. So yeah, that's it about jujitsu. Let's see what else happened this week. I had a couple of get-togethers with some friends first was on Thursday. We have a, a friend couple who lives in Barrie now. They just moved out there, bought a new house, and they have a son about the same age as ours and a new baby daughter who's only, I think, five weeks old. So we got to see her and visit and see the baby. And our kid got to play with his buddy who's about the same age as him. That's always nice. They always get together and learn from each other. The other kid's way more like athletic you could say or really good with gross motor and Benny's like not like that at all so he's always like loves going to see this other kid and learning from him and then our kid my kid's a lot more like talkative and very verbal and so every time we visit like the two kids kind of like learn from each other and my kid gets more active more physical and their kid gets more talkative and more verbal so it's it's, it's a perfect combination so we love visiting them and it was kind of cool to go see their house in in Barrie for the first time and also see their baby daughter for the first time and then the other friend thing was on saturday evening there was a fall potluck dinner that my friends organized i was planning on going to that with my wife and my kid as well but unfortunately on saturday we woke up to my kid having a bad cough most likely from getting infected by our friends that we visited in barry their kid had a runny nose and so you know this is just what happens. Kids just get sick and keep passing illnesses back and forth to one another. Luckily, this time around, I did not get infected. Thank God. I can finally breathe through my nose like a normal human being. Listen to this. Ah, oh, that's so good. 
feels feels the best. <laughs> but so yeah, since the kid had a bad cough, he was not going to go to the potluck. And my wife, being the awesome wife that she is, decided that she would stay home and watch him and let me go to the potluck and have a little bit of alone time with friends. But yeah, the friend get together was good. The best part was that there was some dogs at this thing. And one of them was this chow chow breed. I don't know if you guys know chow chow breeds, but they're awesome. They're like growing up. That was one of like one of the few breeds of dogs that I knew and I always loved them just because they're so fluffy. Like if you've ever seen Despicable Me and there's the one scene where the kid picks up a dog and says, it's so fluffy. That's what you want to do every time you see a chow chow. Like they're actually so fluffy and like you can put your hands around kind of like where the fur ends and then you can press it in quite a bit more to finally feel where like the flesh starts it's kind of hilarious they're quite distinct they have like these um, dense double coats and a purple black tongue <laughs> and uh yeah they're the the owners were like quite proud of him they'd named him appa like the uh animal from uh what is that show called avatar i think yeah avatar avatar the last airbender who had he had like a pet flying bison named appa and <laughs> this chow chow kind of like resembled it a little bit i guess so they called it appa but yeah anyways these chow chows are awesome i ended up coming home and like doing a little wikipedia reading on chow chows and it's actually so cool so if you look up the history section on wikipedia it says chow chows have been identified as a basal breed that predates the emergence of modern breeds in the 19th century one writer proposed that the chow chow originated in China 2,000 years ago, or possibly in Arctic Asia 3,000 years ago, which migrated to Mongolia and then China. One Chinese legend mentions large war dogs from Central Asia that resembled black-tongued lions. That's exactly what chow chows are. <laughs> One Chinese ruler was said to own 5,000 chows. The Chinese also used chows to pull dog sleds through swampy terrain, and this was remarked upon by Marco Polo. Yeah, so these things are pretty cool. I had took a couple pictures of him, although he was really hard to take a picture of because he was moving around so much and because he's so fluffy, like the camera couldn't focus on him. So most of the pictures are kind of blurry, but I think I got one or two good ones. I'll see if I can put one of those in the uh, thumbnail as well. Anyway, I'm nearing the end of the podcast here. Let's do a quick little Bitcoin update. Where are we at? Block height 707609. Price of Bitcoin trading at $60,836, slightly below what it was trading at last week. Last week, I think it was just under 63000 but basically kind of going sideways right now, coiling up for what I think is going to be another big, large bounce upwards. We'll see. Of course, I'm just guessing. Nobody actually knows. Anyways, you can get 1,644 Satoshis for one US dollar. Remember, Satoshis are the smallest unit of a Bitcoin. One Bitcoin can be broken down into 100,000, no, sorry, 100 million Satoshis. <laughs> so stack sats if you can. If you got money that you want to save, don't save it in US dollars because that's going to go to zero. Your purchasing power will basically go to zero. Instead, buy Bitcoin or the better way of saying it is stack sats. And if you stack sats, that's basically a way of guaranteeing that you will increase your purchasing power because the rate of inflation of Bitcoin is way lower than the rate of inflation of Canadian dollars, US dollars, whatever fiat currency you're using. If you look at price appreciation of Bitcoin and you look at any four-year time span, 
then you will see that the price appreciation of this asset is at a minimum 10x of what it was at the beginning of that time span that you're looking. And that's true for any time span the entire 12 years. Of course, you can't do that for the first four years because you got to wait four years to do that check. But 10x is the minimum. There are some times where it's 100x, especially more so in the beginning. I don't think that's likely to be 100x anymore, like in that four-year time span. Maybe if you wait longer, like eight years or something, you are likely to see more of a 100x appreciation. But regardless, my opinion is that Bitcoin is going to be the world reserve currency, global reserve currency that will keep governments in check. And it's just going to take you know, a decade or two to get there. But all we have to do is just keep buying Bitcoin, dollar cost averaging into it, and just sitting on our hands and waiting and letting Bitcoin do its own thing and appreciate. Of course, it's hard to believe that. It's like, how can you be so confident, J-Mart? How do you know it's going to keep appreciating? Well, you know what? You're probably right. I don't know that. I just have faith that it will based on what I understand about the asset class and how it functions, what are the inner workings of it. And it's not something that I can eloquently communicate yet, but I am confident in that fiat money is going to zero. Like that part of it is just mathematical. It's just without question because the government is the biggest debtor and the federal bank simply cannot raise interest rates without basically making the government default, which means they have to keep increasing the supply of money, which means more of the money that you own is going to be worthless because there's a larger pool of money out there. And therefore, that Canadian dollar, US dollar, whatever currency you're using is going to get debased to zero. And this has been shown throughout history, no matter the civilization you look at, no matter the empire you look at, you look at the Romans, you know, they had their own coin called the denarius. And this thing was basically between the size of a modern nickel and a dime. And it was approximately worth a day's wage for like a skilled laborer or a craftsman. And during the first days of the empire, this coin had high purity, like something in the 90% purity for silver. But there was a problem. And the problem is that there's a finite supply of this stuff. And it makes financing pret projects for emperors like, you know, a war or building a new palace or whatever difficult. So they found a way around this and they did this by debasing their currency. So they decreased the purity of their coins and made more quote unquote silver coins by making them less pure. So even though there were more coins in circulation with the same face value, the actual content of silver in the coins dropped so much so that like i said in the beginning of the roman republic it was 90 percent pure of silver then by the time the republic turns into an empire and marcus aurelius is the caesar the denarius had dropped down to 75 percent silver so down from 90 then by the end of the roman empire we have the purity down to as low as 5% silver in these denarius coins. So they went from 90% pure to 5% pure, debasing this currency so much so that it basically became worthless. And that's exactly what's happening to us right now with Canadian dollars, US dollars, you name it. And that's why I feel confident that Bitcoin will prevail because there's a hard cap on Bitcoin of only 21 million coins to be ever created. 
Therefore, I feel confident in saying that the purchasing power of Bitcoin, a deflationary type of money, will continue to increase over more and more time compared to fiat currencies like dollars. Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. I'm approaching the 30-minute mark here for the podcast, so I think after that I'm going to turn into a pumpkin. So I will stop it here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep staying active. Keep moving. Keep being grateful, and I'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one, y'all. Peace. Jmart out.